Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, the new warnings issued as the Gulf Coast braces for heavy wind and torrential rain from Tropical Storm Elsa. Millions now in the storm's path. State of emergency, Elsa slams into Cuba on its way to Florida, triggering mudslides and flooding after ripping through the Caribbean this weekend. At least three people killed, hundreds of homes destroyed, new emergency orders issued, and new warnings for some homeowners to get out as others stock up. CBS's Lonnie Quinn tracking the storm. Forced down. The search for survivors back on after a planned implosion overnight in Surfside. What remained of the condo towers brought down ahead of the storm. Tonight, more bodies found and more clues uncovered. Is a construction mistake to blame for the disaster? Spreading fast, new infections of the dangerous Delta variant surging in the south among those who aren't vaccinated. In California, cases up more than 500%. Why Dr. Fauci now says some people who've gotten their shots may still want to mask up. Long road home, nearly 50 million Americans back at busy airports and on crowded highways, trading in fireworks for frustration. Is this a preview of summer travel? Country club murders, an intense manhunt tonight after a beloved golf pro is gunned down. The gruesome discovery inside the truck the alleged killer was driving. Recall, families and businesses nationwide urged to throw out 8 million pounds of poultry. The dangerous bacteria just found and what your family needs to know. And on a mission. She's 96 years old and still helping children thousands of miles away. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm Major Garrett in for Nora. We're going to begin tonight in Florida, where much of the state is under tropical storm and flash flood warnings and watches, with tens of millions of Americans now in the path of Elsa. 
Florida's governor has declared a state of emergency for 27 counties. And people who live in low-lying areas are being asked to evacuate over concerns they could be inundated by fast-moving water. Power companies are also moving crews into position tonight, fearing downed lines could leave people without electricity for days. As we come on the air, Elsa is pounding Cuba, triggering mudslides and high water after it plowed through the Caribbean over the weekend. The storm, which was briefly a hurricane, could regain some strength as it moves into the Gulf of Mexico. But tonight, it is not expected to hit the Miami, Miami area head on. That's where officials demolished what remained of a collapsed condo building overnight, fearing the storm might blow it over. CBS's Lonnie Quinn is tracking Elsa's forecast for us tonight. But first, CBS's Marea Villarreal is going to lead off our coverage from Tampa. Marea, good evening. Good evening, Major. Right now, officials are calling this the calm before the storm, but a county just north of here, there are evacuations underway, and a shelter will open up tomorrow morning as Elsa creeps closer to the coast. Florida now bracing for this. Tropical storm Elsa slamming into Cuba tonight with 60-mile-per-hour winds dumping up to 10 inches of rain in some areas. The storm has been battering the Caribbean since Friday. At least three people were killed. Elsa hit Barbados as a Category 1 hurricane, uprooting trees and blowing away several homes. Now a tropical storm, Elsa is expected to strengthen overnight, threatening residents all along the Florida coast from the Keys to Tampa. Officials say it will not impact the search and rescue mission in Surfside. We are, at least in terms of the Surfside with this storm, Elsa, the, the news is, is pretty good, pretty positive. Elsa is expected to bring strong winds, heavy rain and flooding in the next 24 to 48 hours. Worried residents bought generators and filled sandbags, anticipating the worst. You still taking it pretty seriously? Oh, yeah. Why? You never know what happened. You never know what could happen. You know, so just taking all safety precautions so you'll be ready. The sand ran out at that location that we were at two times. So obviously people are taking this seriously. The wind has started to pick up just in the last few minutes. The mayor tells us they haven't had a storm hit this area in at least 100 years. A major storm, that is. The next 10 to 12 hours will be key in figuring out exactly where Hurricane Elsa, Tropical Storm Elsa, will make landfall. Major. Medea Villarreal dealing with the wind. Thank you so much. CBS's Lonnie Quinn is tracking the storm, of course. Lonnie, good evening. What is the latest? All right, good evening, Major. The latest is we have a 50-mile-per-hour tropical storm, so it's a mid-grade tropical storm, but Elsa is moving to the northwest at 14 miles per hour. It's currently right around Havana, Cuba, but it, and that also puts it 105 miles to the south of Key West. Now, we do not see this making a landfall in the Keys, but sometime late tonight, maybe early in the a.m. hours, it's going to exit Cuba, and it's going to actually get stronger over the Florida Straits. Nice, calm, warm water. By 9 a.m., those winds we think will be about 60 miles per hour. It stays west of the Florida Keys, but you're looking at heavy rain from Key West to Naples. By 5 p.m., that rain has moved as far north as Tampa, Florida, and then a landfall in Florida is most likely going to be early Wednesday morning, about 5 a.m., somewhere around the big bend of Florida, the rain from Tampa to Jacksonville at that hour and points north. By 2 a.m. on Thursday, you're dealing with a tropical depression, so it's lost a lot of strength as it stays over land and moves into the Charleston area. The biggest concern all along its, its course is going to be 4 to 8 inches of rainfall, maybe 2 to 4 feet of storm surge, and a tornado or two is a possibility as well. Major, let's go back to you. Lonnie Quinn with the key details. Thank you. Now to Surfside, Florida, where, as we showed you, the remnants of that collapsed condo building were demolished overnight. The confirmed death toll has climbed to 28. 
117 people remain unaccounted for. CBS's Manuel Bajorquez is at the scene tonight with new questions about the strength of that fallen structure. Strategically placed explosives went off at 10.30 Sunday night, and within seconds, what was left of the Champlain Tower South crumbled to the ground. Nearby residents were warned to shelter in place and close windows. Others watched solemnly from a distance. Today, officials said the demolition was necessary. This pile closest to the building was actually holding the building up, and so therefore it was not safe to do uh, search activities on that part of the pile. These are some of the first crews to resume their work 20 minutes after the smoke cleared and reach areas that were not safely accessible before, including a section with master bedrooms. Identifications will be able to accelerate now that they have access uh, to that because of it had been inaccessible and then because there were likely a lot of people who were sleeping at that time, unfortunately, in that, in that part of it. The building's demolition could affect the investigation into the initial collapse. Well, it just makes what we have to do a little bit more complicated. But investigators like Alan Kilsheimer will also review photographs, including some that bring into question the layout of steel reinforcements in the building's concrete supports. That doesn't mean they weren't the right number there. They may not have been arranged properly. We're also learning more about the lives lost, like 58-year-old David Epstein, who was recovered two days after his wife, Bonnie. Their son, Jonathan Epstein, posted on Facebook, My parents were really the best, and it's been so comforting to relive the joy of their lives through the testimony of friends and loved ones, adding, Mom and Dad, I love you both so much, and I'm so, so proud to be your son. There were concerns Tropical Storm Elsa could topple what remained of the building before crews were able to demolish it. They brought it down just in time. The outer bands of Elsa are already impacting Surfside, but officials say the search will only stop for lightning or winds above 30 miles an hour. Major? Manuel Bojorquez, thank you. We turn now to the COVID pandemic and a startling rise in new cases of the highly contagious Delta variant. It now accounts for one in four cases nationwide. This as the pace of vaccinations has slowed to a crawl. More now from CBS's Carter Evans. It's been a holiday weekend where so much seems so normal. It's fabulous. I'm so happy and it's nice to have everybody together. But lurking amid the celebrations is a COVID reality check. We still have hundreds of Americans dying every week of this disease. Uh, 99 plus percent of them are people who are unvaccinated. Concern is growing over the Delta variant, now the dominant strain in California and four other states. In just one month, the Delta variant has exploded in California, a more than 500 percent increase. And it turns out masks may still be a good idea even for those fully vaccinated, says Dr. Anthony Fauci. I might want to go the extra mile to be cautious enough to make sure that I get the extra added level of protection, even though the vaccines themselves are highly effective. While the two-dose Pfizer and Moderna vaccines are nearly 90% effective against the variant, that number plummets to only 33% with just one dose. It could be trouble in Texas, where officials say more than a million residents are overdue for their second dose. It looks like... Uh, our vaccines, at least with the first dose, uh, don't work 
well against Delta. So that second dose is critical. Even with health officials pleading that vaccines are the best way out of the pandemic, a new poll finds nearly a third of Americans who are not vaccinated have no intention of getting one. This is a very devious virus. It will find any crack in our armor it can, and it continues to do so. Now, during the height of the pandemic, holiday weekends were usually followed by a surge in COVID cases. Now, doctors are warning there still could be a surge in areas where vaccinations are low. And if that happens, it'll be around the middle of July. Major. Carter Evans, thank you. Tonight, America's roads and airports are bustling with travelers heading home from their 4th of July getaways. It was the busiest holiday travel weekend since the pandemic started. Here is CBS's Nikki Batiste. Bumper to bumper traffic and jam-packed airport security lines across the country. All proof today is the busiest time to head home from the July 4th holiday. We've never seen that many people travel by car before. It's been a record-setting weekend with nearly 48 million people traveling, most by car. Families undeterred by gas prices ticking up to $3.13 a gallon. A lot more traffic, a lot more gas prices going up. It's kind of annoying, but I mean, it is what it is. At airports, 1.7 million flyers were screened yesterday. United Airlines CEO Scott Kirby says today's travel will also be a record breaker. We've seen a really rapid ramp up in demand and load factors in the number of people flying. Facing staffing shortages, Southwest Airlines offered employees double pay over the holiday. And American Airlines canceled up to 80 flights per day due to a pilot shortage. You're going to have a lot of company on the road, at airports, in the terminals. So just bear in mind that you may be running into the old-fashioned traffic jam. Experts say about 90% of travelers took a car this weekend to avoid crowded planes or trains and mask mandates. And those gas prices? Expect them to keep going up in July. Major? Nikki Patisse, thank you. Tonight, a notorious crew of cyber crooks linked to Russia is demanding $70 million in Bitcoin to unfreeze computers at hundreds of companies around the world. We get the latest on all of this from CBS's Catherine Herridge. Tonight, the Miami-based IT software company Kaseya is scrambling from what's described as one of the biggest ransomware attacks in history. Cyber criminals with the Russia-linked group R-Evil burrowed into Kaseya's systems Friday and infected hundreds of the company's clients in over 12 countries, including Swedish grocery chain Co-op, which had to close most of its 800 stores for a second day because their cash register software shut down. The breach targeted widely used software and then took company data hostage. It's something that we really haven't seen, certainly at this scale before. The hackers are demanding $70 million to unscramble and release the data. Another group tied to R-Evil was responsible for the Colonial Pipeline attack in early May. And R-Evil engineered the JBS meat processing plant hack over Memorial Day weekend, bringing in $11 million. This latest breach rolled out over July 4th, frustrating efforts to identify American victims. So doing it over a long holiday weekend... Uh, potentially uh, impedes the response time. In Michigan Saturday, President Biden said intelligence officials are investigating after he warned the Russian president last month to rein in cyber criminals or face a strong U.S. reaction. If it is uh, either with the knowledge of and or a consequence of Russia, then I told Putin we will respond. 
And the company told reporters today its swift response limited the damage. Long-term cybersecurity experts tell CBS News that ransomware attacks can compromise personal information and open the door to identity theft. Major. Catherine Herridge, thank you. Tonight, the Vatican says Pope Francis is recovering after the biggest health scare of his papacy. Doctors removed part of the Pope's colon on Sunday. He was suffering from diverticulitis, an inflammation of the intestines. The Pope, now 84, is expected to stay in the hospital for about a week. There are new developments tonight in Afghanistan as the U.S. winds down its longest war. The Taliban retook the northern region overnight, sending more than 1,000 Afghan soldiers fleeing into neighboring Tajikistan. And for thousands of Afghans who helped the U.S. during that 20-year war, time is running out. CBS's Charlie Daggett is there. Shireen Aga Jafari was on day one as an interpreter at the U.S. combat platoon when a roadside bomb struck his vehicle. And it was my first experience, and it was the worst experience. Much worse was yet to come. He and his father, Abdul, had gone to sell the family home when Taliban militants came knocking one night. We just saw people climbing the walls, people with long beards, guns in their hands. They came inside and they kept questioning, we know who you are. He said they had no choice but to try to flee. When we were running away, one of them shot at us and they, they killed my father. So you made a run for it and yeah. they shot your father dead. Yeah, they killed my father. He's among 18,000 interpreters and their families who top the target list of Taliban revenge attacks once U.S. forces leave. The U.S. State Department is working on mass evacuation plans to get them to a third country while their special immigration visas are processed. A potential airlift of 60 to 70,000 people. Jafari knows there's no guarantee, but he's speaking up despite the obvious risks. We are right now at the final stage. They're going to slaughter us anyway. They are now in a race against time to get out of the country before the Taliban gets them first. Charlie Daggett, CBS News, Kabul. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side. You know, the side your mom gave you? And shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. Tonight, an intense manhunt is underway for the gunman who shot and killed a pro golfer at a country club in Kennesaw, Georgia. Police say Eugene Siller was shot by a man who drove a pickup truck onto a golf course Saturday. Two more bodies were found in the bed of the truck. The motive for these shootings is not known. In Altoona, Iowa, investigators are trying to determine what caused a raft to flip over on a water ride at the Adventureland Amusement Park. One person was killed. Three others were injured. Officials say the ride passed inspection the day before this deadly accident. A consumer warning tonight. Tyson Foods is recalling more than 8 million pounds of frozen, fully cooked chicken products after three cases of listeria were discovered. One person has died. The packages, which are sold under several brands, including Tyson's, Casey's General Store, and Little Caesars, have the code P7089 printed on them. 
Consumers are urged to throw the packages out and to clean anything the chicken may have touched. We want to introduce you now to a California woman who recently turned 96. She's still on a mission to help children on the other side of the world. CBS's Jamie Yukis has her story. Some people never find their purpose in life. But 96-year-old Olga Murray did right before she retired. And I thought to myself, this is what I want to do. This is the perfect thing. Of course, I had no idea how to do it. At the end of her legal career, Olga took a vacation to a place she'd never been. You just went to Nepal on a whim. Yes. And the minute I landed, I fell in love with the country. The children, they held my hand. They were just so delightful. And they all wanted to go to school. Most kids didn't go to school then. It was there she had an epiphany. Olga, you know what you're going to do for the rest of your life? You're going to educate Nepali children. That started a now 30-year passion, building the Nepal Youth Foundation, combating poverty, building schools, and rescuing girls forced into servitude. We were going to not be the great white saviors, but we would train them to save their sisters. The charity has built 72 hospitals and helped educate more than 50,000 kids. But she says there's so much more that needs to be done. I don't think about stopping, frankly. You know, as long as I have my marbles and I'm healthy, I'll just continue to do that. Continue living a life full of purpose. Jamie Yukis, CBS News. Surgery is now being delayed because of a severe blood shortage. We'll look at what's behind this crisis tomorrow. And if you can't watch us live, please set your DVR so you can watch us later. And that's tonight's CBS Evening News. For Nora O'Donnell, I'm Major Garrett. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.